Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops for psychological operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. Welcome to the 269 Dudes episode of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, and joining me from a very safe social distance of the entire fucking city of Omaha is Matt. Hi, I'm so far away because we want to stay healthy, not like other jackholes. <laughs> and really healthy is, is kind of like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly healthy, but you know, not getting COVID. How about that? Yeah, I don't want to die of a fucking disease if I can avoid it, unless yeah. it's something I caused to myself through mass consumption like, of something or whatever. If, you know? if I die from my heart disease, I get it. You know, I earn that one. But, like, I don't want to die of COVID. If you could avoid a heart attack, like, if you could know enough about what's coming with it and you could even change your lifestyle, you totally still won't. But, yeah, no, wait, that, I, I, that, I've, lost, I, I've lost the plot where I was going with that. <laughs> See, that one I own. I earned that, and, I, <laughs> and I'm fine. But I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to, you know, get COVID or shit. <laughs> With your family's history of heart problems and your absolute love of all things bacon, yeah, that's um, that might do some shit, man. Like a lot of damage. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pleased about being me. Just, but, but you know, I think everyone already knows that. If they, if you've been listening to the show at all, I think you're well aware. I'm not really. I don't have that happy with how I am. I'm pretty sure that no one is actually happy.
happy with how you are, including our audience, but they just won't let me fire you because they love how much pain you cause me every day. Yeah, they don't like you much either. (laughs) Our audience doesn't like either one of us. (laughs) I think they enjoy me being flustered by you. I think that's where... People get off with us. Yeah. yeah. And after and, 269 mean, dudes consecutive weeks, that's the only yeah. thing I can think as to why they would keep listening. 69. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to other podcasts that have been on the air as long as us and have like 100 episodes. Yeah. 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 269. You guys are living an actual life and enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're like, fuck that shit. <laughs> They're actually out there actually getting 69s. We're just we're just chuckling about it. <laughs> well, I mean it's date with a dinner for two. Yeah. I mean I mean I, you know, put some candlelight on there. That's the most romantic thing you can do. Uh yeah. That and uh gently wake up your wife to tell her yet another Republican has COVID. Yeah, that's always fun too. In the White then, House because they're the ones that let this run rampant, so it's Schadenfreude. Yeah. However the fuck you pronounce that. I can't pronounce that. I just can barely read it when I see it on screen. Whatever it is, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I usually don't revel in the suffering of others, even people who I disagree with, but when you've actively been doing what they've been doing, fuck it. <laughs> I'm sad Eddie Van Halen's dead, though. That sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of processing that. Um, yeah. I'm not the biggest Van Halen fan, but that's, it's still it's fucking it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't like to see um, well-known musicians and artists go. You'd much no. rather see well-hated asshats go. Yeah, well-hated idiot politicians go. I'd love to see that shit. <laughs> that shit's awesome. That shit makes me moist. <laughs> Careful, you're going to get us deleted from the internet. All right, all right, all right, all right. right. I didn't mean it. I'm not saying samesies, I'm just saying careful. (laughs) You know what, at this point, I'm not really going to say too much more, but we had to get that out, and I feel better now. There you go. Now, let's talk about something that's completely weird and undecipherable, which is spasmo. I'm hoping that you took really good notes because I am confused. I I did. I don't think I'm confused. I I enjoyed it. I got it. But while I was watching it, my cat, Mac, was demanding attention. So I feel like I missed something, kind of like what happened to me and Tommy, that I just don't get it. Yeah. And by demanding attention, I mean he was sticking his claws in my face if I wouldn't pet him. <laughs> he was being a bit contemptuous. Well, maybe, just maybe, pay attention to your fucking cat notes. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I, I freely I admit it. I have been ignoring him for a while, like when yeah. I shouldn't be. In his eyes, not mine. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's all cats in, in all their eyes. Even if you're petting them currently, you're not doing it right. And... <laughs> Oh, no, the only way to not pet Mac right is to not do it. Like, literally, that's oh. about it, because he, he well, loves that's... attention, so that's it. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it, so I'm, uh, I'm not, I got no problems with this. What I got to see of it, I really liked. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll stop beating around the bush here. I think we padded out the front of the episode plenty. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we're Finally. Gonna, we're going to take a little break here. We'll play the Legion GoFundMe promo. We'll have a little bit of music that is right from the soundtrack of Space. And when we come back, we will have the trailer. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. 
That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand scale, take a penny, leave a penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. Eno Morricone is the best composer of all time. I fucking love his style. Nice. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of movies of this time that we have watched in the in our previous years. That's because most people were either stealing from him or it was him. Oh, I don't think you have to whisper that. Oh, yeah. Well, Eno Morricone did a lot of spaghetti westerns and then got a lot of fucking jobs in horror films and giallos and basically just worked a lot and did a lot of fucking scores in the Italian film world and then crossed over into America. Dude did the score for John Carpenter's The Thing with John Carpenter. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah, so there you go. Good for him. Yeah, it's too bad that it didn't make the money that they were hoping it would, like it didn't become the blockbuster that they were hoping for. Thank you, E.T., for fucking that up for us all. Yeah, fucking E.T. What did E.T. do? Um, not be in this trailer. All right, there you go. Spasmo. 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 I killed him. I killed the man at the motel. I killed him. I can't accuse you of killing ghosts in the night. Who am I to say that any killing took place? Ghosts in the night. I'm not a strong woman, Christian. You must help yourself. I've been living in a nightmare since yesterday. And you, Malcolm, are part of that nightmare. Nightmare. Listen, if you're afraid everyone around you is your enemy, you better just disappear. What else can you do? Do you need her help or don't you trust her? Yes. I need you. You're mad. Run away? Yes. Before they find you.
they find us here? That's no solution. I found you here, and you two are very real. Mad. Mad and dangerous. Always. Are you sure this intruder wasn't a woman? But I have to know. I must know now. Christian! Christian! He won't go far. Spasmo! 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 What was the name of the movie again? The trailer never really said it enough. Uh, you know what? I think you're a spasmo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Ramon song waiting to happen. <laughs> you're a spasmo nerd. No, it wouldn't be nerd. No? Oh. No, just do the review and let me write the music, because you suck at it. Oh, that that's hurtful. Um, <laughs> and accurate. So anyway, inaccurate, yes. Well, Spasmo, all right. Well, we begin at night with a young couple. They're running about places, and they want to find a place to maybe make out a little bit, and they uh, one of the, they run by a car and uh, get a light of a cigarette from the occupant of the car. Uh, as they run up, they see what seems to be like a lady just hung, like hanging there, and uh, they both get a little freaked until they figure out, well, then it's not really a real person. It's, a, it's like a doll. Um, yeah, it's a mannequin. Yeah, a mannequin. But and, a, a mannequin that's been altered to be more anatomically correct with a... Yeah, and it looks very lifelike. Yeah. It, uh, it's, uh, it's almost like it looks like what a sex doll would be. It's like a it's it's like a mannequin that got turned into a sex doll almost because they tried to make the face look more realistic, but yeah. the parts that aren't interesting, you know, for looking and touching, like, you know, like for arms and groupies, stuff, apparently. For all the groupies, the ghibli bits and the how you do's. <laughs> yeah, none of that stuff is done on this. It looked, it's mannequin everywhere else but then they tried to make the sexualized bits more anatomically correct which is very disturbing i don't know if they did that to save money on the budget or if that was very much the plan that they were going to do the entire time but i think they're supposed to represent like very lifelike sex doll yeah i mean it seems that way yeah and by the way there's a whole bunch of clips and everything i just said there (laughs) of course (laughs) i mean we're talking about sex dolls there's there are always going to be clips Shut up. Are you talking about? Are you talking about penises? Um, anyway. That one. Yeah, right. Are you talking about penises? Uh, so anyway, this, um, the couple looks back and the person in the car just takes off. So they're like, well, what the fuck is that? And we go through um, uh, a title sequence with a whole lot of these dolls. You kind of see them all different dolls, dressed differently, all that kind of thing. So, you know, good for them and all that. Uh, so the And it's been a lot of times when we get in a movie like this with the uh, title sequences. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if you go back and watch the title sequence after seeing the film, if it reveals a bit of the plot. It's possible, but I don't, I'd have to see it again. I would, I would have to see it again. Maybe. Um, I mean, this, t- this seems like... <laughs> type of movie that would do that this room full of dolls resurfaces later on in the movie yes so when you go back and see it again i'm wondering in the credits if there's something because this is something dario argento did quite a bit he very specifically liked to play with people's perception of like their visual perception and see if he could hide things in a frame and then see if you could remember it or if you noticed it and then when you watch one of his films again there's things that you will notice that were hidden that got revealed to you that you will be like no it actually was there the entire time and this is our general film no this is a a Lenzi. but what i'm getting at is this particular film 
is not necessarily like it's a giallo, but it's not like a giallo that most people are used to. But I feel like there are clues that we're being told that this entire film is from the perspective of an unreliable narrator from the very beginning. And I feel like the credits give you sort of like a nod ahead of time key. And I'm really trying not to spoil anything yet but i just wanted to say that i feel like that's there because this room does play out later on but it has significance for two different people that it's there you know what i'm saying okay i got you i think i got you um i'll lay the theory out when we get to the very very end of the film but i just wanted to set it up here and i'm sorry to take so long to do that but it's very hard to describe what i'm thinking without going into some serious spoiler territory i got you then we cut to another couple on the beach um the um guy of the couple is trying to tell a story to what i'm assuming is his girlfriend about finding a dead dog on this beach and how it was very you know rough on him and his brother uh but the the girlfriend doesn't really want to hear it doesn't really care to listen to him at all right now um and she just wants to take some pictures and and, and sightsee um they actually find a passed out woman and she wakes up they think she's dead at first but she wakes up and they talk and they they decide they're hey let's all have a drink of scotch because like that's what you do when you find a girl who was passed out on the beach is you go let's all get drunk together it's the 70s in europe it's basically lawless yeah, yeah. Let them and be. so um so they decide to go ahead and do this and as the girlfriend's looking for the scotch, she says she can't find it. So um he goes to help her, and when he turns around, he sees that the other woman is gone. And as he walks to where she was, he finds a flask. Um anyway, it has a word on it. Uh we cut to uh a um uh we cut to some creepy looking dude. He uh gets a phone call. And he is quite worried, and he's playing with these uh, little ball, metal balls things in his hands. So, uh, then we cut to a yacht party, and we see the name of the yacht is the same as what was on the flask. Ah, so, so that's what you're supposed to remember. It's the yeah, same yes. word. It was the same word as the yacht, and that's... And we see the creepy guys there, as well as the couple from the beach. Um, so, you know, hey, good for you. Uh, they all found each other, so not really, but let's see here. And then, um, the boyfriend, he sees the lady from the beach. Um, then the host and the boyfriend have a little conversation. It's very terse. He's very much like, you know, you, you look at Barbara, which is the uh, woman from the beach's name, like you guys robbed a bank together and all that. And, you know, he's kind of being a dick, you know, being jealous and all that kind of shit. Um, I mean, he has good reason to, I suppose, because aren't him and the lady supposed to be together at this point? Yes. I believe so, or at least he thinks they are. I mean, it's not really clear if it's just he thinks or if he, they actually are in a relationship because the movie doesn't really come out and tell you as far as I could tell. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't tell either. Like, I was I was willing to give the guy somewhat of the benefit of the doubt that there was a particular reason why he was so upset about this guy eyeballing the blonde lady. And we'll get to it as to why later, but <laughs> for now, we can just assume it's because he thinks he is in a relationship with this woman and she is fixing to cheat on him with this dude that is significantly better looking than him. Yes. So anyway, and we find out also that this is this guy's personal yacht. So this is the host and he must be the rich dude who owns a fucking yacht. Everyone has a fucking yacht back then in the fucking everywhere else. It's uh, fucking wealth, weird. Wealth redistribution was actually hardly fought and 
one and there was some capability for some people to actually have a middle class income enough to where they could afford boats like that, particularly in Europe where socialism runs rampant and people are taken care of with healthcare and shit. Like horrible, horrible socialism makes it to where you can have money to say pay for a boat when you don't have to pay three, four hundred dollars a month for insulin. And hey, that's listen, that's lowballing. Listen, man, I can't hear you over the sound of my freedom. Okay. So <laughs> your freedom I, to I'm, die poor and alone? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But it's my choice. Fuck, I can't even do that. So anyway, um, the uh, then the girlfriend comes up and she says she needs an aspirin. And he asks if he has a headache. And she goes, no. Uh, but she says, I'm not pregnant. You should be happy. Which means she 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 got her monthly visitor. Um, and she's probably getting cramps. So anyway, uh, they leave. And the, the host actually takes her to get an aspirin. And so uh, Barbara and Christian, they both actually just leave. And I'm like, that's kind of an asshole thing to do to the girl you've just been spending time with. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this was very European of him, but yeah. with their loose morals over there. Yeah, all those loose fucking morals and shit like that. What's wrong with people? <laughs> um, so, uh, so then Christian and Barbara, they drive out and they talk. And that's our first clip. Rich, possessive, sympathetic, who's also in love with me. Poor Alex. Courtesy isn't exactly your strong point. I know. And yet I'd like to use a little courtesy with you. And gentleness. And tenderness. (laughs) That's funny. That's not the reaction I usually provoke. It's because I like you. Seriously. You never give up, do you? That moon doesn't bother you? There's no moon in my motel room. I was right. You're a sweet, sweet whore. (laughs) Okay, let's go. But you have to shave your beard off first. What? Your sweet, sweet whore doesn't take any payments. But she does have her whims. (laughs) You're crazy. I could have you now, here. And you'd like it even with the beard. I have a razor in my room. Big, sharp, and sexy. Is that a rape joke that he just made? Yeah, I'm, I I didn't think so. And then the more I hear it, the more I think, yeah, yeah. But he seems real rapey throughout the whole movie. Well, in I fact, mean, all the men do. Yeah, well, all the men treat women as objects in this movie. It's Italy in the seventies, man. Women weren't yeah. really people then. No, they were fucking objects apparently. Because holy fuck! But his beard uh, did look like a fleshy, weird pubis things hanging off yeah. of him that he needed to get rid of. So I don't disagree with her about his. No, yeah, his is his is fucked up looking. So yeah, he he needed to get rid of that shit. So that needed to be gone, like real quick. Um. So anyway, uh, then we see a, a doll in the forest, and it's stabbed in the groin. Uh. So I mean, there's there's some not so great messages there. I would assume. Again, the um, dolls are setting up a through line, and that doll being so brutalized in a very sexual manner with a knife is very gross, and it yeah. sets something up for someone later. Yes, that's uh, that's also true. So, um, all right. So uh, back, uh, they go back to Barb's place, and Christian is shaving off his beard when that creepy dude comes in. They have a short little fight, and the dude thinks he pretty much whoops the shit out of Chris, uh, Christian, just like beats the fuck out of him. Then he goes to seemingly check on Barb, and then Christian gets back up. They wrestle for the gun. Christian gets it. The guy goes for Christian again, and Christian shoots the man. Apparently killing him so uh he goes out with uh he comes 
outside the bathroom, talks to Barb, tells him what he did, and they decide they are leave. Uh, as they get out of Barb's place, they are stopped by the rich dude who tells them that he, they should both come with him, and that's the end of our first 20 minutes. So, the first 20 minutes get kind of active right at the end there. It's really kind of a very dreamlike film where people are just kind of floating in and out of each other's lives. We haven't really established how they know each other, and, like, you are following sort of this one dude with his weird fleshy beard for the bulk of the first 20 minutes, and you just don't know what the fuck is going on. And then just when you think you got a beat on something, they have a mannequin with its crotch all stabbed up. Well pop and up then, yeah. at you or something else that's weird like everything feels constantly just off or it's always shifting your focus into something new and you just kind of pick up midway through each of the little vignettes of the stories that they're going through and again there's a reason why they're doing this but when you first watch it you're kind of confused and you kind of just have to go with it because otherwise you're not going to have a good ride yeah yeah and but i mean you're exactly right these uh, that's the one thing i got too is how much these people are just going in each other's lives when they're not they've never known each other before for so yeah it's like this euro party crowd where they've got these disposable incomes because they come like their second or third generation from a family that's already been established and have money and they got nothing better to do than party on yachts all day and they're yeah that's a very bohemian type thing to do like very hippie-ish almost is you know you, you kind of you, you you just take up with people who you never even met before and you go to their places it's like fuck man that was this nope. that was the swing in 70s bad that was yeah, just how man. it worked you know this was before yeah. you had a lot of diseases that couldn't be cured with a good shot of penicillin yeah exactly so you could just do whatever you wanted <laughs> everyone's having a good time <laughs> yeah the biggest uh, problem with sexually transmitted diseases were children they were like the most debilitating at that point Still are in some places. Yeah, it's a lifetime curse. You never get rid of it. <laughs> I'm gonna watch myself now. Uh, <laughs> see, um, so then I can say because next- I don't have a kid to worry about hurting his feelings. That's right. You, you don't. So then we start with um, uh, we uh, come to uh, we start our next twenty minutes playing a useless, stupid game, Alex. What do you hope to gain by it? You. For God's sake, Christian, what's wrong? You look like you just murdered someone. What the hell do you mean? Just what I said. Why do you follow us? I'm sure it was you. Christian. Christian, we must behave like sensible human beings. You're coming with me to Monte Carlo tomorrow morning. A change of scenery will do you good. Jane. The medal. I must have left the medal over there. Well, what do you say? You leave with me and Christian just leaves. If he wants to keep out of trouble, okay? Well, well, well. So the kid isn't quite the fool he pretends to be. So Christian goes back to get his chain, and when he gets there, he grabs it, but he also finds that the body's gone, uh, with just like a small pool of blood there. Um, so he heads to a local diner, and he calls for his brother, but at that time of the hour, uh, the person who answers his phone tells him his brother isn't there. Uh, and so Christian uh, doesn't really leave a message and just hangs up. Uh, so then uh, when he gets back to his car, Barbara's there. She says she ran away and got hitched a ride and saw his car at this diner so they decide at this time they're gonna go uh to a friend of hers place like almost like a castle that should be empty because she's traveling well and also they need to get out of town in 
and hide because they're still freaking out about what just happened. Yeah, exactly. They get to the place, and as they're kind of checking it out, they see a man who appears to be watching them from a boat. And she's just kind of like, oh, I'm sure he's not really watching us. You know, that's not what he's doing. Uh, but uh, Christian isn't too sure. Um, Christian's getting really fucking paranoid right now. Uh, it's, it's probably, well, he should. I mean, that's... Uh, He's he's gone through a terrible event. Yeah, murdering um, someone takes a lot out of you. I don't know. It, wait, what? Nothing. Okay, fucking weirdo. Uh, so anyway, uh, the phone's rings and they don't answer it, and she's like, yeah, "I'm sure it's just for you know my no one knows we're here." And then she tears the phone line out. Um, so then that night they they have no power, so they go looking for the power box to try to see if they can get it going, and they're interrupted by an old man and a not not a creepy woman, but just a. She's just, she's, she's a little off there, woman, or at least the way she's just kind of looking around. She kind of has that uh, vacant stare. Um, I think she's tripping balls, actually. Maybe. Uh, well, that old gentleman welcomes them in quotes, and that is our next clip. You should have said right away that you were a friend of the proprietor. What'd you say your name was? Barbara. I've always been in love with places like this. It may sound ridiculous, but I'd be quite happy to die here. Far from the chaos of today's world. After all, if death is only the continuation of life, then what better place than this one? Why all this talk about death? Forgive me. It's because of what Clorinda and I went through last night. The two of us went out to dinner with an old friend of mine in the homicide squad. The inspector was called to a motel not far from here in a case, and we happened to go along. And good people, I hope never again to set eyes on something like that. I killed him. I killed the man at the motel. He, he attacked me. I tried to take the gun away from him, and the shot went off. Yes, yes. Is that true? Yes, but, but don't ask me who he was or, or what he was doing there, because I don't know anything. But the two of you were together, if I understand correctly. Are you sure this intruder wasn't a woman? Yeah. I was standing there. I saw him falling. It was a man. A bad joke, in my opinion, Christian. A joke? There was no murder in the motel. The something I saw was a woman modeling latex. Most similar to the real thing. It was found in a clump of trees just off the road, with a dagger stuck in it. But I killed a man in Barbara's bathroom. That's true. I, I saw him holding a gun. When he shot it? Mm, well, no, but just after. What about the body in the bathroom? You saw it? Well, well, I didn't see the body, but I saw Christian when he came out. Oh. But the body isn't there anymore. I went back an hour later and the body was gone. I've also had strange hallucinations, very unnerving. Because <laughs> he's also tripping balls, Matt. He's just better at hiding it. Everyone's tripping balls right now. No, just these two. They're not supposed oh. to be there. They're just tripping balls there. I gotcha. Um, then uh, later on in the night, we see someone walking around the grounds. Um, Christian, thinking he's losing his mind, decides to take a walk. Um, then as he's walking through, kind of like on the pier, there's some guy behind him, and he turns around and he says, why are you following me? He goes, well, I, uh, he goes, I wasn't. He goes, I was sending the lighthouse behind you. And he said, if you're looking for the boat that was here, which was Alex's boat, he said it already sailed for Monte Carlo. 
So then uh, Christian uh, heads back, and we see the creepy dudes there stalking him. Uh, that night, the power lines are cut by creepy dude. Um, the uh, old guy and his lady, uh, the the you know the tripped out lady, they decide to show the other two to their rooms. And that kind of ends that 20 minutes. Uh, what are they there for? Do they ever establish it or they're just already there and then they uh, just accept there, these other they, people? They're saying they're renting the place. They establish that they're renting the place from the owner uh-huh. uh, because they like places like this. Right. Yeah. But they say that, but That's how not do we... True. Yeah, it's not... They're, they're fucking squatting. Yeah, well, we'll find that out. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> it's obvious right off the yeah. bat that they're squatting and he's just trying to talk his way out of it. Probably, yeah. Well, he Because <laughs> he, he accuses them the whole time of, of breaking in and squatting right he's he's doing the he's doing the trump where he's gonna point the finger at somebody and accuse them of doing the exact same thing that he's doing yeah exactly but he immediately backs off and just lets them stay there even though they're renting the place because he knows that everybody be cool because we're all in the same boat like it's just this unspoken thing through that whole scene we're all kind of just squatting here so let's be cool about it (laughs) yeah everybody just huddle up in the middle and you take this portion of the house and we'll take that one and just chill and we'll just all be all right here all right <laughs> so then uh to start the next 20 minutes uh christian he thinks he sees someone outside and he goes to investigate uh let's see here he then heads to uh barbara's room and that's our next clip my nerves are on edge i know how you feel that old man that woman <laughs> doesn't it all seem terribly absurd to you Well, to be honest, maybe we seem a little absurd to them. Anyway, I don't like them. That's why I wanted us to leave. All night you've been acting as if... as if you had something to tell me that... that you're not saying. You're the one who doesn't talk. You're the one who's secretive. About Clorinda... She's so strange, just like you. Strange how? I don't know. You You look at each other in a certain way, as, as if you met before. Oh, I don't know, maybe it's me. My nerves are just popping out of my skin. Barbara. Please go away. In all this stupid mess, something beautiful has happened to me. Something I never felt before. I feel something true, fresh. You believe me? But you must... I'm not a strong woman, Christian. You must help yourself. But believe me, I do feel something for you. I really do. You better go now and get some rest. So he's kind of, they're both, he's kind of really losing it. Uh, We then cut to the young woman who's kind of all stoned out, and her name's Clorinda. And we see that she has a gun for some fucking reason. Uh, Then we cut to the old man, his name is Malcolm. And he and the man that was not following Christian and walking to the lighthouse, they're talking. Malcolm says he's scared, but the other man says not to worry, they have him behind them. We see Barb's listening to all this. Barb then turns around and is grabbed by the creepy dude, 
And then we cut to Christian, and he starts getting flashbacks of, like, everything that's happened so far. Killing the dude, all this kind of shit. And then he hears a noise. Uh, He opens the door, and he finds Clorinda there. He accuses her of being someone he knows. Uh, We see creepy guy outside. He seems to either be listening or just hiding out someplace. Um, uh, Then Christian Christian looks outside, and he sees Malcolm and that guy talking. So, really, things are starting to spin on him. Um, Clorinda is kind of was flirting with him, and then she was even like, you do know me, and then Christian decided that he wants Clorinda, but she declines, and she says, not like this, but then he starts forcing himself on her, because he's rapey as fuck, and then we cut to the outside of the place, and we hear a scream. The next day... Christian, he finds Malcolm and talks to him uh, about finding Barb gone in our next clip. Where's Barbara? I wasn't able to stop her. I believe she went into town. Why? Without telling me? The girl has her problems and you yours. Please, stop thinking about Barbara and think of yourself. Leave. Get out. I've been living in a nightmare since yesterday. And you, Malcolm, are part of that nightmare. Listen, if you're afraid everyone around you is your enemy, you better just disappear. What else can you do? You're creating the nightmare. It's up to you to walk out of it. All right, all right. But first I have to find Barbara. Take her with me. Excuse me, Christian, but do you need the girl or don't you trust her? Just a moment. I think now I... I really see her, Malcolm. Last night it was as if a secret door to my memory was thrown open. I'm an old man who's just crazy enough to want to help you out. That's all you have to know about me. Crazy? Why do you have to be crazy to... to want to help me? Tell me the truth. Did you try to call Fritz again? No. No, you see, I... I want to try and get out of this alone for the first time in my life without my brother's help. Bravo. Bravo. No. No, I'm... I'm afraid of what's happening. Fritz has always understood me, has always helped me. This time I... I have a confession to make, Christian. When I first saw you last night, I felt I was watching old memories. A big industrialist, mysterious and violent suicide. The ensuing coroner's inquest. And two very young boys, the two sons who witnessed the tragedy. Yes, I know. I know that you were involved. I have to go. One child's name was Walfritz, and the other Christian. I was a reporter at the time when I covered the case. There was something about it that stayed with me long after I was done with the story. The face of the younger boy, the strange look he had. That boy, Christian, was you. And I found that same look on your face again, years later, last night. I loved my father very much. When he fell, we were left alone, my brother and I. It was horrible. It was even more horrible than you'd like to think. All right, so lots of weird shit, and it's really starting to bug Christian out here. Um, Malcolm then sees Barb uh, after Christian leaves, so she is still there. Um, She calls someone and yells at that person before hearing the door open. Christian, he's at the docks, and he is definitely being watched. Uh, We see more dolls tied to trees. You see, uh, throughout this entire movie, you're always seeing these dolls, and they're hanging from trees, tied to trees, and usually they're hung, stabbed, 
stabbed. Um, so um, then we cut back uh, to Christian, and he tries to go back, and he runs into Alex. Alex tells him to leave, uh, to leave Barb alone, and to go back to his brother. Uh, so um, then we get more Christian flashbacks and a hanging doll, and uh, he's really starting to lose his mind. Um, uh, then as he uh, he arrives uh, towards the well that's on the property, he finds a car and cutting shears in the back seat of that car and a woman's shoe. He then sees a car leave and finds Malcolm dead. So Malcolm got his wish. He got to die in a place like that. Yep. Um, he, uh, then, uh, he runs up to where he was in the room with Clorinda and sees an empty bed and thinks of her. And when he leaves, we see a woman's arm. It was actually inside the well in the water sticking out. Yep. So driving, he hears a noise in the trunk and he pulls over and he opens it to find the creepy dude. He looks dead. And as Christian goes to almost vomit by a tree, well, he wasn't dead. He jumped up again and told him he killed Malcolm in time to get in the car and drive away. Uh, that ends at 20 minutes and we are heading into the final 30 okay so far we have full-on confirmation that we are being told story from the perspective of an unreliable narrator we're not sure what's going on and the reason for that is we're following this main character and he is being fucked with in some way shape or form this much is clear because we're watching it from his perspective and things aren't lining up to the way that he remembers them or that the movie is having us remember with him and there's something that's not right but there's a couple of levels of that something not being right where he's losing time but at the same time the time he does have is also utterly confusing so the movie's like messing with you on both of those levels and you yeah. can't you can't tell if someone's drugging him and then he's just waking up and not knowing what happened or if he's just gone and then he comes back or what's going on it's just the movie's not letting you know and i will freely admit this is what 60 minutes or so in and then we're we're rolling up on the last 30 because it's like 90 minute movie yeah. right yeah yeah exactly okay i will freely admit the first 60 minutes of this film are really frustrating and kind of confusing and you think that this movie is just playing one of those Italian movie things where they're like, hey, it's a dream. Don't don't pay attention. It's just a dream. It's fine. You know, that kind of thing. But you get frustrated, you get a little upset, and you feel a little bit like, what the fuck is going on? But then the movie will tell you. So if you don't want to have this really cool explanation surprise shit that's coming up in this last 30 minutes, your final warning yeah. just crossed. Yes. <laughs> and believe it or not, I like frustrating the first 60 minutes in because it's frustrating in a, in a movie, not... not frustrating because like now that you know what the hell it's a good story being told it's frustrating because you feel this guy's frustration every time he thinks he has a handle on something it more slips away and it becomes even more chaotic for him and he I, does I fucking love i lo love this setup and he does feel like someone's got it out for him or there's a bunch of people that got him out for him or everybody's in on something against him and because i know what that feels like to feel like that all the time it really fucking irked me that people were fucking with him i'm like god damn it i felt a little too much for that yeah. aspect of how he was feeling so that isn't a testament to anything other than how effective that portion of the movie is it got to me with that stuff because i was really feeling this guy's pain and i didn't want to be identifying with this motherfucker but i am <laughs> in that I mean, aspect of it you know yeah no i got you well in the final uh 30 minutes now um he's driving and we see more dolls they're driving together um uh then as they 
come by off this like cliff almost, uh, he starts telling them that uh, scaring them wasn't enough, so the orders changed. He says he's going to have Christian drive off the cliff and die. He's As he starts getting out of the car, uh, Christian backs up, knocking him over with the open door. It then runs him over fucking twice, killing him. That was amazing, uh, the violence of yeah. that. Oh my god, it was so shocking out of nowhere. Like, you felt like, how is he going to get out of this? I mean, somehow he's going to get out of this, because there's a lot of time left in the movie. That was but quick thinking. Shit. That was quick thinking and really realistic. He saw the opening. He saw the guy being dumb. He backed. Yeah, he backed. that is dumb of the killer. Yeah. I mean, what, what the hell is he doing? He backed up the car and knocked him over with the uh, door of the car and basically dazed him enough and fucked him up enough to where he couldn't stop what was coming for the first run over with the car. But then he did the thing that no survivor girl or guy in these kind of movies ever fucking does. He backed the car over the guy and then set it back into drive and went over him one more time. Right? Made sure that motherfucker was dead. Yeah, he was nothing more than like a bloody paste of mud and skull cracked yeah. fracture when that was done. There was no faking, there's no way of him faking this one. Yeah, this guy's uh, not coming back from this. No. So, um, then we get to a man walks into his office and we see it's Christian's brother, Fritz. Checking his, and he picks up his phone, calls the secretary to see if his brother is called in. Um, we then see Christian has swamped clothes with the creep and then puts him in the car, gives him his chain, douses the car with gas, then pushes it over the edge and it goes boom. So he's automatically now trying to make it seem like he is dead. This was interesting. Uh, so whoever's I think... trying to kill him will be fooled, right, which I'm... is a good plan. I'm thinking at this point, like, he knows that somebody wants him dead, so the best thing he can do to kind of gain time to get either upper hand or just get the fuck out of Dodge is to fake his death, and using the guy that was going to kill him, there's no better way to justify it in my mind, so yeah, I have no problems I, with anything he just did here. Me neither. Uh, like I said, I think it's a, it's a great plan, and... um again a lot of times in movies you don't see this kind of thing of you know actually somebody thinking ahead and and using something to their advantage right you know? yeah that and then also being ruthless enough to make sure that he ran over him three times and then decided to use him in a plot to save his own ass by yeah. burning his carcass which was an amazing sequence too by the way the car exploding and shit yeah that was i mean yeah and, and what a great idea to douse it in fucking gasoline <laughs> so that you know fucking you know there's no body except for charred remains that you know and this is Back a long time ago, it's going to take a long ass time to figure out what happened. Right. He bought himself several days to weeks. And, you know, that's including with dental records back then. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's no internet. Not like anything's going to go super fast. So you're going to have to wait. Right. Barb and the uh, other dude, they see the car on fire. Um, Barb's in the car with this other guy, and she kind of sees everything's on fire. She, they both believe Christian is dead. They drive away, and Christian sees them, so he follows them. Uh, Christian follows them, and they head to his brother's office. He's able to sneak in and listen to their conversation, and that's our next clip. In other words, you made a mess of things. A complete mess. The fact is, your idea just wasn't working, Fritz. I had to step in and make a decision. Tell him, Barbara, the way things were going. I should have known, but the damage is done, so let's just let it go. I agree, let it go. All we know is that your brother's car fell into a ravine and he was killed. You killed him. You told me you wanted to save him, but he killed him. It was all a lie. Come now, Fritz. I'm sure you'd agree. It only simplifies things, hmm? You want more money, Tom? No, we agreed. And it was out of friendship that I did it. <laughs> friendship. I know it's a shock, Barbara. It's no use getting upset, though. 
You told me the plan was to get your brother to go to a clinic, to force him to cure himself. I believed you. I went along in good faith, thinking it was all for his own good, to save him. It was. He took me to the quarry. He told me Christian was there. He was. At the bottom of a ravine, dead. Shut up. If you had followed my orders to the letter. Yeah, yeah, you and that wax-eared old Malcolm. And that Clorinda. Not one of you did anything right. You three didn't get close to provoking Christian to a breakdown. Instead, it was he who got you so mixed up you couldn't see straight. If it hadn't been for Tatum. Now that you mention it, where is Tatum? Gone. I told him to take off immediately after the accident, just as you said. He took the money. He's okay. No need to worry. Rotten. Cowards. Murderers. You go on. She's staying. Uh, there are a few things I want to tell her. Hmm. Now listen to me. It was an accident like Tom said. There's no sense in making wild accusations. That friend of yours, what's his name? Alex. He knows nothing. He doesn't have anything to do with it. You just leave him alone. You better leave town, Barbara, the both of you. This money, take it. I feel I owe it to you. As for Alex, you better just say that, well, I'm sure you won't need to say anything. I don't believe you, Fritz. Your brother was killed. If you were in love with Christian, I can't help it. Only, let me assure you, it's better this way. What do you mean? Our dear Christian was schizoid. Mad. Crazy. <sighs> For years, I kept it quiet. I tried to help him, but it was hopeless. I don't believe it. No. I knew him. You can't tell me that. You have to tell me the truth. You wanted to be rid of him. In an asylum or any other way. You wanted everything for yourself, you and your damn factory! He was crazy! Mad, mad and dangerous. Always. He always was. And my only mistake was to let him run loose and not put him in the hospital right from the beginning. Because I loved him, do you understand? Because I loved him! You're mad, Fritz! You're really mad. Get out of here. Forget it. It's finished. Over and done with, understand? Don't do anything to make. I won't say anything to anyone. Not to anyone. Because nothing will bring Christian back. So, Christian, after hearing all this, he decides to leave. Uh, duh. Um, yeah, his uh, worst fears have been realized in that the people that are fucking with him are doing so on behest of his brother, who wants to pop him into an asylum. He's being gaslit by his own fucking family. Yes. That's hard to take, dude. It really is. Um, uh, then his brother goes as they are pulling the remains from the car, and his brother's checking things out, but then his brother gets concerned because they pry open one of his hands, and there's the three metal balls that this, uh, the creepy guy always played with. So now the brother knows this is horseshit, he's not actually dead, and somehow, uh, there's been some, uh, heavy trickeration. Yeah, the fucker has now become the fucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fucker has become the fucky. That's nice. We're, 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 we're doing good stuff here. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, some technical film analysis for you right there. Yeah, the right. The fucker uh, has become the fucky. 
that is that a technical term doctor um <laughs> certainly a medical one yeah right uh so uh uh, the older, uh, Fritz, he decides to call up and he tells everyone what's kind of going on. The guy says, don't worry, we can handle it. And Fritz says, no, you guys have messed up enough. I'm going to handle this myself. Um, we see some ladies they are around a fire and they're kind of talking about how cold it is and stuff. They're out in the kind of the woods, but around a, a fire. I, I don't know what's going on. Roadside then, prostitution. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but still, that's a weird place to start selling yourself. But okay, whatever. It's hey, probably. Listen, I don't know nothing about it. It's probably you know if, uh, just on the outskirts of a town or something like that that they can get picked up it's yeah. far enough away. They don't have to worry about the cops. They got a fire to keep them warm. This is where they just get picked up and everybody leaves them be. I'm guessing. Probably. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. Um. So anyway, um. Uh, we also hear then a man and he's. We see a shadow of a man stabbing uh, a mannequin. It seems over and over again. Uh, but the other ladies, they, you know, obviously don't hear this, but it's, you know, fucking happening. Then uh, we see Christian come up on, on all these women and uh, he gets picked up by another woman. He's hitchhiking. He gets picked up um, and uh, she wants to take him to a hotel and get some beers and hang out, you know, and he kind of has a little freak out and then asks for her to just drop him off where like almost right on the side of the road where he they just were right next to so what's it like he didn't even get that long of a ride but something she said tripped him out about getting a hotel and he thought that she was a part of all this kind of stuff so he's really starting to fucking lose it real fucking bad well a, he doesn't know who he actually can trust and who's going to continue to be a problem yeah. of someone who's seeking him out and fucking with him his brother has a lot of resources i don't think I mean, that he's losing it i think he's just being extra cautious yeah. well that's you know what you're probably right I, i'm just saying i guess i would kind of lose i mean because then the all these people who you think okay um i, I don't know anybody you know i don't know any of these people it, it, or and i thought they were all strangers but now apparently they're not uh they're, they're all set upon me by my brother right so, so it, yeah. and it, that has to fuck with your head meeting anybody you know now who who can you know there's no one you can trust and then not you add on top of that the fact that everybody's always out to get you anyway and you're really fucking pissed yes um we then uh cut to we see christian's old girlfriend who we saw the very morning she's painting a picture of him uh well he shows up at her place and that's our final clip you were very lucky to have found me i thought you were with barbara floating around on a plastic rug hmm? let's not talk about barbara i didn't come here to talk about her but about me all right i'm all ears the trouble is i don't know where to begin the most absurd things happened to me in the past two days i got mixed up in a, a horrible situation a frightful puzzle that first that killer and Malcolm, Clorinda. Listen, could you be a little clearer? I'm not in the habit of solving other people's puzzles. Still, maybe you can help me. You know Fritz, my brother? I met him once or twice. The last time was at the Naive show. He's not one to rouse a woman's desires. I mean, he's not at all like you. Do you think he's capable of harming anyone? Me, for example. I don't know. I thought that you and Fritz had it. Yes, we grew up together. We love each other. I love him. Do me a favor. Call him. At this time of the night, he's still in the office. Yes. Who is it? Who am I talking to? So, uh, then, uh, we see, after that call, Fritz gets out a gun, and he readies it, 
And um, then he goes back and he started watching home movies. Uh, and the boys, the young, two young children boys here, they look both quite disturbed, one a little bit more than the other. Um, then Christian actually comes to his brother, and he's staying behind him. They watch more of the movies, and they're talking about how Christian was blamed for their father's death. And, uh, Christian keeps having flashbacks of Malcolm at the funeral, and then he sees, like, Clorinda was actually his nurse, so he was... Uh, as recently, he was recently, uh, in a, in a psychiatric center. So he had recently at least been in the hospital for something, um, which is not good. Uh, and we, you know, seeing what Clorinda was, was his, you know, nurse. So, um. Yeah, she did some bad stuff by allowing herself to be sexually assaulted by him. Well, she didn't do bad stuff to, I mean, allowed, I mean. Yeah, she said no, not like this. Basically, she was trying to stop it and he just went for it anyway, which is rape. That's how rape works. That's that's rape. That's what rape is. Yeah, so our hero bravely raped a woman who was formerly his nurse. Yeah, bravely. I'm being so, sarcastic. Yeah, it, it'd be, but I'm saying uh, it looked like, did it look like he got electroshock therapy? I think that's what they were implying. Yeah, there's a lot of visual yeah. clues as to what may have happened to him, and it's all from his memories, and it it's very jarring, and it's very sketchy in pieces and you kind of have to put it together in your own head but i do believe like a lot of those like big flashes that they were doing where like time was being lost or you know he was looking at people and like things went weird for a second and then got back i believe he is getting electroshock in those sections yeah yeah um he then Kristen then leaves and we see uh barb is with alex and Alex uh, says, you know what, we're going to get out of here. Everything will be fine. And he leaves to go get their plane tickets. So then Christian goes in after Alex leaves. Uh, they begin to make love. And uh, because she's really happy to see him, that he's alive. And then, unfortunately, while they're making love um, or like getting to it, he... Christian snaps and starts choking her to death. And then we see he did the same to Clorinda. We see that he actually, the lady who picked him up when he was hitchhiking, he fucking broke her neck, it seems. And he even killed his ex-girlfriend as well when he was over there. So Christian uh, has, every time he loses time, he's been, uh, well, murdering everybody. Yeah, the way that they put those back in that you can kind of see what's actually happening or what's going on with Christian, it makes sense at the very end here. So you get this one moment where it's a reveal where it's very clearly that he's been losing time and he's been killing all of these women. That's why they disappear. And then, you know, he doesn't know where they are because it's like this other personality, almost like uh, Boston strangler kind of thing takes over and does that that he doesn't even know is there but then he is also being fucked with are they trying to get him this is the point where you're like are they trying to get him back on the asylum to stop this from happening or i believe and they're covering it up exactly what was happening and they're covering it up trying to make it you know look like and they're trying to get him back in for something else and not making him confront that he's killed all these women is that what his brother's been doing so, I think so. Or or he had not what you would call kill all these women yet. Uh it was just but you know, it was he was doing this before he started killing women, but unfortunately it didn't work. They didn't get him back in time. I think what they were trying to do was preempt this, but at the same time I think they failed so miserably they ended up triggering it. I think I you know what that's actually a, a great way of looking at it. I totally agree i think that's exactly what happened yeah that's okay so actually i didn't miss anything that i thought i missed so far so no no i I, but you are i think they were trying to stop this um 
But I think they also wanted some sort of proof that he's crazy to get him locked up. You know what I mean? I, well, they I, have to prove. There's some other reason why they're doing this to him. Yeah, so. it, usually with mental asylums and like um, being uh, checked in against your will or being committed, yeah, they have to prove that you were a danger not only to yourself but to others as well, like a very serious danger. And had they known that he had already killed a woman, they probably would have done this yeah. preemptively. I, I do think they're trying to do that before he actually went that far and killed a woman. They just did it so, so badly they were all a bunch of bumbling idiots, like the yeah. guy said when he fired them all to do it all on his own. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Alex then returns, and uh, he finds Barb dead. He also finds the gun on the floor. So he picks it up, and he finds the back door open. He goes out there, and he sees Christian standing there in the woods, and he picks up the gun, and uses the gun, and shoots Christian. Christian kind of stumbles around after getting shot in the gut. He falls and dies on the same beach that he met Barb on. So some, you know, poetic whatever there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then after the, all that happens and everyone's kind of done there, uh, let's see, uh, Fritz, then we cut back to him and he reads a doctor's note about, and you kind of hear it out loud about how, uh, his grandfather died of this condition, uh, this mental illness that's actually hereditary and that his bro would eventually get it and he would need to be institutionalized before becoming a homicidal maniac. Yeah, there's some kind of degenerative thing that happens in their brains that causes this, and it's supposed to be a hereditary thing, but I don't know if it skips a generation or if it just, maybe it manifests, maybe it doesn't, but they know for sure it manifested in Christian, and the yes. doctors are trying to warn him, and this is why the brother's been playing that game the whole time. Yeah. Well, then Fritz gets a call about his brother being dead. He then gets up, he goes into another room. And this room is full of all the mannequins, all the mannequins, sex slash sex dolls, all that. As he looks around the mannequins, he begins stabbing one like a crazy fuckwad. And you only hear a backdrop about how, yes, uh, it's hereditary. It's hereditary. It's hereditary. Spasmo, spasmo, spasmo. Yeah. And he's the, you know, he's a murderer now. So, uh, and well, he's not a murderer. But you see, he's crazy too. His just manifested in a different way. Um, so there you go. And then we roll credits. Uh, I do believe that... Now, this is just something that I was toying around with trying to roll this movie through my head and kind of figure out what was going on. I believe the brother may have known as the, the killings were happening or that Christian was doing the killings, but I believe he was living vicariously through him. He's stabbing these dolls and leaving them in all of these locations, and it's a sexualized thing for him. His outlet is to pretend like he's killing these women by stabbing the hell out of them with these dolls and then just leaving them to be found, and that makes him feel like he's killing women. So his is very much a fantasy world. I believe he knows it's his brother because the last doll that he stabs looks exactly like Susie Kendall, who was the last victim Christian choked. Possible. Uh, All I the other dolls, that, too, look like the women that Christian had been killing. It's possible. Uh, I look at it this way. I don't think Christian had killed until this moment. Um, I think his brother wasn't like trying to be some superhero and save people's lives. I think he just didn't want Christian to have access to the money anymore or, uh, and, and didn't want him to have any claim to the factory that they have. So he was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll just get him. I know he, he has mental issues. I have the papers, you know, telling me that 
all this stuff. He has he has all the things, but uh, when he tried to get him in in that kind of uh, mode where to get him, uh, he, he I don't know, somehow he left the hospital. I don't know how, because we know he was in the hospital. That's the only part where I don't get. I'm like, he was already in. Why did they let him out? Uh, that just seems strange to me. Um, so that part, I don't, I don't, you know, really get. Um, I think he was trying to push him away or to get him into an asylum and drive him crazy so that he could lock him away for the business. I don't disagree with that yeah. point. Now, but that's, then, that's the surface story he's telling everybody else. Give me yeah, a second yeah, here. Well, let me, let me finish this. Okay. He drove his brother to do the killings. We've seen all the killings that his brother has done in the movie, all these women, when they disappear, I'm saying that Christian's brother, the guy who's stealing the factory on a sub level below what even his minions knew, knew where his brother was and was following him around as well and was living vicariously through him. That's why all these mannequins keep popping up around him because we know he's the mannequin man. There's no reason they would be there elsewise unless those other people knew. But then the big reveal of who's actually dropping the mannequins and no one seems to know is the brother, but they're all looking like the victims that have just died or are about to die or there's flashbacks and he sees the women and their mannequins and he sees the mannequins as the women back and forth when they're doing these weird juxtaposition cuts. I think that Christian's brother, the factory guy who's trying to weasel him out of it, is living vicariously through him the minute the first kill happened, but he's using the mannequins to get off the way that Christian is killing. You know, you yeah, see what I'm I, saying? It's, yeah, it's, like I said, I, I, I can see that, and that that is a, a good possibility. What, what I still think, though, is that he didn't... The, I think the original plan was just to fuck Christian up so much that he just snaps and loses his mind and goes almost like just silly. Yeah, and I just agree like, with you. Just all that, and you. then get him out of there, uh, and then he can just send him away. And then, yeah, he... Uh, all of, all he, of this stress of this for both of them triggered them both into this madness that we see by the end of the movie. Yeah. That's and then, yeah, it started off as a normal ploy just to get his brother away from the money in the factory. Yeah. And then, but it turned um, them both into like it triggered whatever predisposition mental illness they both had by the end of it. And then I think the brother went crazy long before Christian. I believe the dolls had always been up before this. He had been doing that so he didn't kill anybody. He just stabbed the dolls. But he'd been doing it well before Christian ever turned homicidal. And then Christian just happened because of how they pushed him. Then he finally lost it, turned homicidal. And then, you know, of course, Alex is the one who kills him. But uh, that's kind of where I think, I don't think the brother ever wanted his, I don't think Fritz wanted Alex dead. Or uh, I don't think Fritz wanted Christian dead. Uh But I do believe he wanted, uh, he just wanted him locked away. And then he didn't think... Like, he was like, see, um, Christian will kill where I'll just stab these fucking dolls and I've been doing it for so fucking long that it's probably fucking fine. So, I don't know. That's kind of where I was looking at it. But it's open up to so much fucking, you can really make your own, you know, there's so many ways the story could have gone or or it could go uh, with it. Well, the first doll that is hanging, um, yeah, in that then that couple finds it. That doesn't look like any of them. But the minute the brother starts killing these dolls that are appearing, look miraculously like the women that the brother is killing. So yeah, but he doesn't really. Well, I guess he, he doesn't start killing till Clorinda. 
Um, but yeah, I guess after that, and he knows there's no way of knowing where he is. There's really no way of knowing when he starts killing all of these various women until they show up dead. And then there's a doll that represents them elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, that's, that's the part of the movie that they leave open to your interpretation, but however it is, they both have whatever happened with this madness. I'm just saying that the brother latched on like Fritz latched on to Christian's killing as a way to vicariously live through him. And now that his brother is gone and he doesn't have have that anymore he's back to mutilating these these dolls but the dolls still look like all of christian's victims so he's reliving what he caused to have happen with his brother and this may be enough to carry him over into his fantasy worlds for a while but i feel like at some point fritz is going to lose it too and that's why they said the hereditary thing and he's going to start killing on his own and he's not going to be able to yeah. stop himself oh yeah and that's he's that, definitely that end scene is like him basically becoming acclimated to it and just trying yeah. to delay it another day i think so yeah eventually these dolls are going to lose the Lester and he yeah he's definitely going to become uh, a, a killer like his uh, like his brother right because it's hereditary it's hereditary spasmo 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 all the spasmo, repeating spasmo. really yeah. drives it home for me so yeah uh, <laughs> all right so I did not miss anything and my initial feelings nope. about the movie I'm gonna just go ahead and, and and just nail down and say I really fucking love this uh, I wish Lindsay would have spent more time doing Gialli uh, most people know Lindsay for a lot of the cannibal output that he did uh, <laughs> like cannibal Faroe and eat them alive and all that kind of stuff and then some other like sleazeball horror films later on but when he was doing Jally he did some of the finest Jally and we're going to cover another one of his later on we got Eyeball coming up in a couple of weeks and that is one of the finest Jally out there it, it's really oh. underappreciated just like spasmo is when people talk about jolly i never hear anybody talking about spasmo and they fucking should because this was really well made oh not, yeah yeah i enjoyed this movie i enjoyed i don't know if you'd call it a twist but i enjoy the the reveal yeah it's a reveal because they've been setting it up the entire time they just show you the pieces that you were missing what i was getting yeah. at with the mannequin room i believe that you are correct in that assumption that the entire time the brother has had the mannequin room but he didn't start making them public for for that voyeuristic side of it until after the killing started with the brother. Pra- well, because brother hadn't killed yet, and we had a one at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, but, so but I think our time it, frame I think is so skewed, enough, how would you know? Maybe the brother did true. already kill. I just think the brother was at this, now this new level where he's like, now I want to leave these fucking things here for people to find and to get creeped out by. Right, yeah. You know. Yeah, we're kind of saying the same thing, but we're just interpreting so. it from two different ways. Um, and I, and and I don't think it. any way what we're re- re- how we're referring to any of this is wrong by either one of us. We're kind of... Well, no, you know. the, the film, that's the beauty of this, the way this film is put together and what Lindsay yeah. and his, his group of uh, compatriots have done here is they leave it enough open for your interpretation where you're trying to figure it out and they don't spoon feed it to you like Psycho at the end and like a lot of Jally do, uh, yeah. which makes it really open for discussion and a really interesting film and infinitely rewatchable, which is why I'm so happy happy with it holy fuck i'm shocked it was such a a a great watch man i I had a great time watching this yeah i've got to find some more of these more obscure jally and you know roll the dice on them and see what happens because this one really paid off dividends i'm very happy with it yeah yeah me too me too it was a a great watch it's a great movie to discuss (laughs) we could probably be here for like ever giving more analysis of when the fucker becomes the fucky but yeah 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 exactly when the fucky becomes the fucker and the other fucker becomes the fucky yeah (laughs) whenever the fucking tables have turned yeah 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 (laughs) like sands to the hourglass so are the days of getting fucked (laughs) so are the days of the fuckers (laughs) 
All right, speaking of the days of the fuckers, we're going to take a little break here. And this has nothing to do with the podcast. We're going to play <laughs> the promo for Corrupted Youth. <laughs> we're going to play some more music right out of the soundtrack. When we come back, we'll have some Psyop news. There you go. Taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness. Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockier of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle. very fractured narrative we were just discussing is very much prevalent in the music for the way that it jumps around oh yeah yeah the music is disorienting yeah big time i agree yeah it was disorienting in a way that i found much more disturbing than giving me some This one comes from... That is our boy, The Witch, from uh, Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock and the future podcast he is moving over to Gangs of Hollywood. Oh, hey, there you go. Uh, <laughs> a chastity cage security flaw could let hackers lock up your penis. I knew the minute I posted that as an announcement, that was going to be the one that you were taking. Shut up. Are you talking be. about penises? I am. For once, I am. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. I'm taking another dick. I've had seven dicks inside of me. In stereo, so 14. All right. Well, shit. And Uh, this is from uh, CNET News. Uh, It's one thing to lock up your junk by choice. It's another to have it slammed shut by someone you didn't have the keys to. It's going to cost you some serious cock. And by the way, how far have we come in in sex toys now? Now they're all going smart. Look at this. It's just it's another level of where we're going as people. Uh, A flaw in a smart chastity device that puts your penis on lockdown could get your appendage in prison longer than you bargained for, security researchers say. Circle jerk! The device in question, QE's cellmate chastity cage. Okay. (laughs) I don't fucking know. I didn't name it. Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback. Not when you're wearing this. 
Uh, encases your favorite organ in a Bluetooth-enabled gadget that a trusted partner can lock and unlock remotely using a mobile app. It's the erection that counts. The problem, according to... I don't think you get one while you wear one. The problem, according to security research from the UK-based pen test partners, is that due to API flaws, a non-trusted party acting from anywhere could not only gain access to precise user location data, but could prevent the Bluetooth lock from being opened permanently locking the user in if you want a fear boner okay hang on a second here Uh, all right all right how hard is it to write an api that has the right kind of token based never mind nobody else gives a shit about this but me but like you it shouldn't be that hard because i give a shit it shouldn't be that hard but you know some people will just take shortcuts and not write a good one right but okay hear me out here Uh if you are knowingly writing a web api for the bluetooth enabling and disabling of an electronic cock lock do you not take that extra moment in time to verify the security of said cock lock is that person going to be wearing it probably not so no they probably don't care i would i mean i would care. i'm not saying you are but they're yeah you would but you pull take it just to yeah, pull it you you uh, you, you take uh, you know pride in your work there are some people out there who look for every shortcut and don't fucking care i mean you can do both you really can mm. You can, but apparently this person, whoever wrote this API, didn't fucking care. I mean, like, APIs are not, they're not that big a deal, they're, man. They're really not. They're not that difficult. You're 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 exactly right. They're they're, to really secure, not. to secure, they're not that difficult. Yeah. Billions yeah. and billions of companies operate on these things, like, all the time, and they're not that difficult to make as secure as possible. There's listen, always going to be exploits, but still. Well, but listen to all, I mean, all of this is fucked up, because then they, they go on there, uh, and they, uh, the pen test partners noted that there is no physical unlock uh, they noted this Monday in a blog post that details its months-long investigation of the device. Oh, he's looking so then, for Wang. That's fucking not, dumb. Yeah, they don't even have a physical unlock in case fucking shit happens. Not they even said an the NFC t- chip where the the app can enable it through NFC. You know, yeah. Like where you just the, tap your phone to it or something. Exactly. The tube is locked into a ring worn around the base of the genitals, making things inaccessible. QE did not immediately respond to requests for comment. The sex toy company calls the Cellmate the world's first app-controlled chastity device. I think they were so quick. It's almost like how Jeff Goldblum said at Jurassic Park. They were so concerned of whether or not they could do it, they never thought if they should. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and let's face it, this this sort of thing should be probably something with like a digit combination that somebody has to enter in. I get the yeah, I, I get the kinky fun of it to where you know the beast is locked away in its cage until it's ready for the mate. I get that that has its appeal. <laughs> you know, I understand where people are going and with I, that, but like, don't trust a fucking web enabled sex toy because somebody's gonna hack that shit. Because apparently, people yeah. who write APIs for sex toys are lazy. And if you want one like a web base, that's fine. But at least if you're the company. Makes- a fail safe that you know if, if it won't unlock for some reason there's a physical way to unlock it yeah like you stick a little pen in there or something yeah. this is people's bodies that you're locking up it's you got to keep them somewhat safe only extreme yeah. bondage people want someone to have to cut a cock lock off of them with a grinder exactly well the sex toy company calls the cellmate the world's first app controlled chassis device it's polycarbonate comes in two lengths hey, and it costs a hundred can't get it up after hearing and co- all that <laughs> yeah right and it costs a hundred $189. My Q-E dick and bleed. balls are worth a lot more than $60. I had 189 at that. 
Yeah. Kiwi believes that a true chastity experience is one that keeps the wearer away from control over their own devices, Kiwi says at its site. Of course, there's surrender of control by choice, and there's loss, loss of control by security flaw. If the cellmate falls into the hands of the wrong driver, the only way out would be to cut the wear free using an angle grinder like I said, or, other, yeah. or other heavy tools. looking for wang. Most people would probably want to prefer kept away from their sensitive hoo-ha areas. Did he this stick a needle down his pee hole? That's not how you unlock it with the manual it's, unlock, yeah, Lee. Come on, man. You can't do that, Lee. What is he doing? Uh, this isn't the first time sex toys have raised security concerns. Uh, a high-profile lawsuit in 2016 accused sex tech company WeVibe of transmitting user preferences, usage data, and email addresses to its servers without consent. The company settled the case for $3.75 million in 2017. Uh, and then the person says, as their CNET colleague, Allison Dinisco, Ramon reported earlier this year, securities is top of mind for sex tech companies that have seen the impact of lawsuits or breaches. Still, sex tech products are all over the map when it comes to security. Nicole Schwartz, a researcher for Internet of Dongs. All kinds of things you don't want on your dick. Which pairs security pros with sex tech vendors to find vulnerabilities in devices, told Ramon, uh, told Ramon all this. That's a whole uh, different kind of penetration test than if you know what I'm saying. That sex yeah, industry is not used to that. No shit. With the coronavirus pandemic limiting physical content, uh, contact, some tech, sex tech products have not surprisingly seen a bump in sales. It always the comes sh- back to dick. Yeah. The shorter model of the QE cellmate chesty cage is currently sold out on the company site. So I hope everyone who bought one is just fucking really prepared. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Yeah, I'd update your firewall. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst other things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, good times. Holy shit, man. Um, Yeah. I feel bad for these folks. Uh, I just hope that this cock lock thing has a way for urination to still happen while you're locked up. I think so, but who knows? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just pools in there. Ugh, like a fucking basting your sausage in its own juices. (laughs) Oh, God. Fucking gross. And on that note, while Matt's trying to chew back the vomit, we're going to play the Ending Legion show promo. We'll have a little bit more music straight out of the soundtrack, and we will close out this really uncomfortable show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
all day for some harpsichord music like that. <laughs> like right. harps, strings, harpsichords, all that stuff together. It just played so perfectly. It just goes to show you just how good Eno Morricone is at what he fucking does. Hells yeah. Yeah, I wish I could arrange like that. I have like all of this stuff available to me now with computers that sounds as close as you could get to that actual recording with all of these sample things. And I still couldn't put something together that beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fail miserably trying, though, I guess. Yeah, right? Why not? <laughs> well, if you'd like to learn all the other instances in time where Matt and I have both failed miserably on doing this show, that is available on our main landing and launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We also have our Facebook group available, which is Cinema Psyops. That is on the Book of Faces, where also I am Court Psyops and Matt is Matt Psyop. We're all there hanging out, having a good time, I mean, reading we're not your news all stories. There. I mean, we're there, but we're not all there. I'm not all there, but I'm always there? Yeah. I'm sometimes here. It means sometimes we can be anywhere. If you'd like to have more existential crisis discussions about whether or not you are here, you can reach Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'll I'll tell you, you might be there, but you probably won't be, and then you'll have your own crisis and you'll get mad at me for it. Just leave me alone. If you are concerned whether or not there is actually a cat in the trunk, you can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, where he will absolutely tell you, don't you ever fucking put a cat in the trunk. Don't put a cat in the fucking trunk or in the box. Unless the cat wants to be in the box, because sometimes cat likes boxes. But then be nice about it. You can also tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shitfest that is Twitter and could use more photos of cats. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. I mean, if there were more photos of cats in Twitter... It might not be such a hate-filled shit-fest. The thing that's nice about Instagram, however, is all the photos of cats and beautiful, mostly naked people that are modeling for you and really want you to check out their OnlyFans page. Yeah! That's Instagram for you, and that's why I'm enjoying it a lot more than most other social media. That's how you get instead. We are cinema underscore psyops, the royal we. You know my shtick, folks. You've heard it like 268 other fucking times on this stupid fucking show. I run that shit like Bartertown, blah, 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 cinema underscore psyops on Instagram. Uh, obligatory statement. It's the end of the show. Kick the fuck out of this week. Make it your bitch. Yeah, the files are still fucking zipping. Fuck, sorry. You should have texted me as soon as you uploaded. I totally forgot because I 
once I got them uploaded, I had to go rush and mow the lawn real quick. So I fucking had just shit on my mind. Didn't even think to text you. Fuck. Still zipping. My bad. Yeah, I've been waiting for since I texted you that said I started downloading them. Sorry about that. So it's been fucking ages. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Google's API. <laughs> this should be a fucking ad for Dropbox because Google Drive fucking blows. <laughs> Fucking only, Google. The only reason I use it is because of the big fucking storage space, which apparently you're still using my drive as your drive. <laughs> oh, 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 for the clips, yeah. The, no, the movies. This one is yours. Oh, oh okay. Well, I'm. Uh, uh, I should have the rest of those off. I got a good chunk of them off uh, la- uh, last Wednesday. I should get the rest of them off here. Fucking the computer I used to do it just takes for fucking ever to download. I think you can actually store stuff in your Matt's IOP drive. You get 15. Yeah, if you signed up with Google Drive like I did, you should have Mm -hmm. 15 gigs to use however. And that folder that you made, that's IOP drive, as long as you don't have anything else anywhere else, you can put as much as 15 gigs in that fucking thing. So you could make your own movies folder and just store it in your Google Drive. That would probably make things easier. Transfer it over to mine and then download it whenever you fucking need it. And all you gotta do is leave yourself enough space that you can put in your clips, which, spoiler alert, you're recording for two hours is like like a gig yeah. and then your clips in total are like maybe maybe 300 megabytes most days i gotcha so oh, yeah you, that would probably be the easiest route to do it and it's also the least amount of effort for you which is a great solution i, I do like that yeah um that is one of my favorite things ever <laughs> <laughs> for things to be as easy as possible on you i have not noticed yeah right you didn't you didn't notice that <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, finally, it downloaded. God damn it, Matt. You, you learn something new every day. <laughs> All right. Let me fucking put this in my folder for when I'm editing it later. Now I have to copy it over. Now I have to organize all of the soundboard stuff. Thanks a lot, Matt. I bet. Could have fucking texted me. I could have spent a little bit of time doing this like two hours ago and we'd all uh, be done recording. I said my bad, all right? It's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, start recording on your side so we can stop oh, screwing around. All right, and I am recording now. One, two, three. All right, let's let's get this fucking show started. All right, fuck it. Very hard to describe what I'm thinking without going into some serious spoiler territory. I gotcha. I gotcha. So anyway, um, so uh, so uh. He finds a flask with, uh, what's the word? Uh, I don't even know what the fucking word is. Um, fuck, I, I don't fucking know. Um, anyway, it has a word on it. How about that? We'll just do that. <laughs> I don't remember to be able to tell you, so. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm having trouble here now because I didn't write it down, of course, the word on it. I'll, it, I'll tell you how it all comes together here in a second. The, uh, then the girlfriend comes up and she says she needs an aspirin and he asks if he has a headache and she goes, no, uh, but she says, I'm not pregnant. You should be happy, which means she, she, she got her monthly visitor. Um, and she's probably getting cramps. So, um, that is the most so, delicate way you've ever said that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to grow as a person when I talk about how Aunt Flo comes to ruin the woman's good time. <laughs> of course. I left and the door I, open and you did it. Yep. Of course I did. <laughs> Heavy flow. He's like, do you need a Tampax as well? This girl's not meant for you, Court. It's oh. like, I, I, you need to shave first. And I know you. You'd be like, um, <laughs> I think you need to go fuck yourself. <laughs> 
I would definitely not use that line about having her right there. Jesus, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're, you're. I mean, you just don't want to shave your beard because it's epic. You're, you're not a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> but other bearded men are. What are you trying to say? No, that's not exactly. That's so far off of what I was trying to say. But usually, yes, they are. <laughs> wow. I say that as a man who also has a beard. So, <laughs> I mean, probably not. I'd probably just dime myself out on that one. Yikes. Well, let's just move on before this goes into an even more dark poll. But no, I wouldn't go for Susie Kendall, the actress, if she told me I had to shave my beard. You have to shave your beard. Well, I guess we're just not made for each other. There are very, 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 very few women that I would consider shaving my beard for. Oh, yeah. 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 I would have to think that's that's a really like exclusive list i don't even know the last time my chin has seen the light of day i mean never since i've known you never (laughs) so and that's a lot of years so fuck um so uh oh through all this we see there's a man in a car kind of watching him so uh then um the um i'm sorry hold on wait one second okay so uh i'm sorry let me restart that Right, he bought himself several days to weeks, and you know, that's including with dental records back then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no internet, not like anything's going to go super fast, so you're going to have to wait. Right, so when I say so. that I identify with this guy, this is exactly how I ended up being Kortsaya. Um, Ooh, um, yikes. You okay over there, big guy? Yeah, we're good. We're, all right, we're, all right, everything all right? Yeah, we're good. I did totally not murder somebody and then take over their identity. I did not do that. You didn't do that. The last person who did that, Court Psyops. <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. I didn't do any of that. I was out of town when that shit went down. Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't even know who you're talking about anymore. I mean, what are you? Uh, I, I didn't know anything. Don't see anything. Just don't come over to my house. Court psyops doesn't um, really exist anyway. Yeah, that's just a fucking. He's, he's a, a figment of your imagination. I thought so. I'm doing this all by myself or changing voices, aren't I? Fuck. I thought I was a figment of your imagination. Yeah, if you were a figment of my imagination, you'd be a lot smarter and uh, a lot more charismatic. No, I wouldn't. You hate yourself so goddamn much, this is how it would happen. I pretend to hate myself for entertainment purposes. I'm actually quite in love with myself. (laughs) Actually, you know what? I can tell that. Obligatory statement. It's the end of the show. Kick the fuck out of this week. Make it your bitch. <laughs> I had nothing. I was done. <laughs> <laughs> and I have stopped on my end as well.